Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. To Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, mm-hmm. you know, when we were kids, uh, they would, the, uh, the parents would sometimes, when one kid had chicken pox, they'd bring a lot of other kids over so that everybody would get chicken pox. This is a real thing that happened. Yeah, and, pox and like, parties. Like real pox parties. Did you know, uh, but, but obviously, so the kids can have pox parties, but adults... They ha- they got to go to the shingles bar. Oh, I thought you were going to say they got to do shingle digs. Shindiggles. 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 <laughs> no, they go to the shingles bar. I have shingles. Hank has shingles, and goodness gracious, I, I know that Hank has shingles, and I do feel really bad for you, Hank. I, I know that it's extremely painful. Yes. That- what? I feel like you're going to say a butt. I am going to say a butt. (laughs) I am the sick brother. Okay. Oh, God. I've been so sick lately. I am the sickly one. Yeah. And I don't think it's cool of you to try to move into my territory. (laughs) It's been my whole thing, though. That's what I've always been doing. Like, you get into the Mr. T experience, I get into the Mr. T experience. You get into online video, I get into online video. Like, you love Zay Frank, I love Zay Frank. This is, yeah. how, this is how it is. I'm a younger brother. You write novels, I write novels. You get sick a bunch into our hypochondriac. I get sick a bunch. And now, John, there's a lump on my arm. And I asked the doctor about it. And he was like, that's a lump. Oh, no. And I was like, but like, how bad is it? No, oh, man. Now <laughs> I'm worried. Now you got me worried. It's okay. Hank, I don't want to hit you while you're down, but before we get to questions from our listeners, I think it's important to discuss an issue. Uh Uh-oh. Which one? I have so so many. We have declared that this podcast will be renamed Dear John and Hank Mm -hmm. if no human steps foot on Mars by (laughs) the end of 2027. Can we do the moon instead? Can we just change it? No. And recently somebody wrote in to say, now we will know for sure that a human is not going to step on Mars. Irrelevant. I was just going to stop you right there. Irrelevant. That's not the bet. The bet is not. 
is not whether whether it, it's when it it's when that year arrives. So your argument is that it's not until December 31st, 2027, that we rename the podcast to Dear John and Hank. My argument is that, in fact, whenever that launch window closes no. in 2026. No, because you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I do know. History is full That's of actually, surprises. One of the benefits of having done this podcast with you for 10 years is that I actually do know how no, long it you takes don't know. to get to Mars. You don't know. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition, John. You, it could. We could invent a thing right on, yeah. right at, at 11.58 that's like, oh, oh, we could just, uh, Teleport. you know, if I just, if I just like shove this Sharpie up my nose in yeah. at the right place in the right time in the right way. Yeah. Boom. I'm on Mars. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell, I'll be honest with you, Hank. No one's tried like, that. It feels like you're playing for time. Yeah, that's right. Of course I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, it's not even playing for time because playing for time is like maybe this was the way that we will win. But I don't expect to win. I'm just holding on to what I have for as long as I can. <laughs> it's just because if, it, if it's the launch window, then it might as well be now. And now is <laughs> right, 2022. Right. 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 If it's the launch window, then then at some point you might say, right, but realistically, <laughs> Could, yeah. When could we get humans to Mars? And the answer is not 2027. So we might as well just start calling it Dear John and Hank today. That yeah. I actually find that argument more compelling. I, that we shouldn't call it Dear John and Hank simply <laughs> because it's <laughs> yeah. this thing that is inevitable is inevitable, but it won't become official until January 1st, 2028. Right. We're, we're not talking about things. We're not talking about things that will be. We're things, talking about things that are. Yes. Because Which if we maybe were going we to, should do more of. Oh, that is so true. That yeah. is so true. Wow. <laughs> wow, you've stumbled into a deep one. Hank well, with shingles. It, he's a deep well when he gets it, when he gets shingles. I mean, I wasn't when it was bad. When it was bad, I was a very shallow well in every way. I could not think straight. Yeah. My temper was extremely short. Oh, People yeah. are, like any like so much of my consciousness was taken up with like trying to not feel the pain or yeah. trying to sort of like mentally wall off the pain or just sort of experience the pain on the side of consciousness. Yeah. Um, that I like anything that was extra hard, I just gave up. And that right. was everything from work where like any, any extra challenge I was just like, I'm not handling that general motivation but also like temper like Oren doing something even a little bit n normally i'd be able to handle i just i was so i snapped so fast it chronic pain is so debilitating and yeah it, uh, like i am just so happy <laughs> that it was as short-lived as it was for me yeah uh, so hard. i think that's really true we think of our personality as, as being completely separate from our circumstances oh, somehow, but in fact, they're also interdependent. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to believe that about myself, you right. know, that right. I'm like, I'm, I'm very motivated person. I can work through this, but it's just not right. true. Like when I was sick with COVID, I could not do good work. When I yeah. was experiencing severe shingles pain, I could not do good work. Yeah. So I'm yeah, feeling much no. better though. I'm glad that you're feeling better, but I also really appreciate the 
the empathy that you've long shown for living with pain. It is really hard for people who have to do it. You've helped me a lot with that. Thanks. Let's uh, answer this question from listener Eli. He writes, Dear John and Hank, what's up with Ryan Reynolds and his new show about AFC Wrexham? How do you feel about it? Did he betray you? Did he copy off of you? Thanks for the dubious advice. Eli. All right. Here's the thing, Eli. Ryan Reynolds stole our idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he did. I no, don't, he like, didn't. I didn't we, we had him on the no. podcast, but I didn't. Like, what? Like, it just me, seems uh, really I unlikely little, to me that yeah. more than one guy like us, like American. Well, he's Canadian, isn't he? Well, first off, like half of all English football teams are owned by Americans. So that <laughs> it, it falls apart right there. I don't know anything. To me, it's the weirdest character trait a person can have. <laughs> so explain to me, John. Yeah. Explain to me how any of this works. I got an email recently from my mother-in-law who was like, uh, a group of people in Birmingham, Alabama here just bought a fourth-tier English soccer team. Isn't that the what? league that Wimbledon play in? What? <laughs> and and it, wasn't, it wasn't Ryan Reynolds. It was other people. So anyway, Ryan Reynolds did uh-huh. call me when they first had this idea, before mm. they decided to do it, before they decided anything else, when the, when the well, idea was first happening, he called now me. Now I'm 100% on board. I think this is lovely. And he said, I know that you've had this experience for years with AFC Wimbledon. My friend Rob and I are thinking about buying a football team and making a show about the experience of that first year together. And I was like, so you can't think, really be betrayed because like no. you were pre-trade, if anything. Yeah. He called me and he was like, do you have any advice? Do you have any thoughts? And I was like, this is such a great idea. It's going to be incredible. I don't really have any advice except that it's going to be awesome. And remember that some people who play for the rival teams or, or support the rival teams might like you a little <laughs> less, as I am indeed not the best selling author in Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> but the show that they have made is wonderful. It's yeah. so beautiful. It captures everything I love about soccer. And you don't have to care about football to love the show because it it really captures how of all the unimportant things, football is the most important, how it brings communities together. All that stuff that we love about Wimbledon is true for Wrexham as well. And the show is amazing. Not only is the show amazing, but I'm in it. I'm in this week's episode, Hank. I I do a little crash course on the history of Wales. It's so great. And Complexly got paid for that. So, no, we definitely did not get stolen (laughs) from. In fact, if anything, we did the stealing. It's Well, look, it was a collaborative effort and everyone provided value and received value. And that's the way that things should work. So the show is great. Watch watch me in it. I'm so excited that my, really my, my debut in some ways as an actor in a proper program, proper television or movie experience is in a Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds production. It's incredible that I've never appeared in any of the adaptations of the movies of my books, but I it's just it's just incredible. I, I'm thrilled, Hank. I, I have a face for small screens. <laughs> I can't I, I haven't seen it. Is it out? No, it comes out on Thursday. Amazing. 
Okay, so well, it'll it's be out by, by the time, time this podcast is out. Come, okay, yeah. it is out. So that's why, but just that. not for me. Right. So yeah, the show is called Welcome to Wrexham. It's so good. It's so good. I'm. I just. I think Ryan Reynolds is the real deal. I just think he's he awesome. He seems like a cool guy. All right, John, this next question comes from Lamp, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I live in an area where there are green anoles and brown anoles. These are small lizards, if you don't know about them. When I grew up, I grew up in Florida. We called them anoles, but now everybody tells me that it's pronounced anoles. Hmm. Anyway. Wait, are uh, the regular lizards in Orlando, are those anoles? They are. Oh. They're br- the brown ones, them, usually. I called them lizards, but I know yeah, both the green and the brown lizards. There's sort of two basic genres of Orlando lizard. That's right. Yeah. There's green there's the and big, brown. There's the big old browns and the kind of cute little greens. Right. And the green ones are a lot faster and the brown ones look more like dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. They could even have like a crest on the back. They mm-hmm. definitely look like they could come get you. And they will sometimes. No. So the green anoles, well, they will bite you if you let them. Yeah, but it's not going to hurt. <laughs> okay. Continuing. The green anoles love to listen to me sing. Every mm. time I see one, uh, it just stares at me like it's expecting something. And then when I start singing, it closes its cute little eyes like it's listening. And then more of them start gathering like I'm doing a concert. But this only happens with the green ones. The brown ones just run away. But the green ones listen every time. I even had one crawl onto my hand. Due to brown anoles being an invasive species and the green anole population ha- having uh, been dwindling. But for some reason, they crowd around me like friggin' paparazzi. And it's only me, too. Every time a friend or someone else comes by, the lizards run away. Mm. Of course, I love the lizards. And uh, I always am kind and respectful to the green and brown anoles. But why do they love me singing so much? You know what, Lamp? I don't care why they love it. But I do want to do science on you. Uh, to find out, but but more than that, I want to explore what kind of superhero you are and how you can use your powers for good. Yeah, like it's like the Pied Piper leading the children's yes, crusade. There is, or a, there is a whole thing. What did the Pied Piper do? I don't know. Did he have rats? <laughs> I think he had children. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> what followed the Pied Piper? Google children. As children. Yeah, it's it's definitely children. Before you get to your scientific analysis of this phenomenon, mm-hmm. I also want to point out that Lamp offered us an illustration of the giant Cloudor and Mary Janet, and it's oh, pretty I, I epic. It's pretty epic. It was like below the page break because it's big. Oh, yeah. yes. Nice. The giant Cloudor is kind of looking up at Mary Janet, who mm-hmm. is seated atop the giant Cloudor. And yep. it's really good. We're going to post it on the yeah. Patreon at patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John. Mary Janet in this in this image is looking uh, really like, what What would you say? A little bit drowsy, but also just like, I float around on a cloud. It's yeah. my boyfriend. It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. I would describe this Mary Janet as Jessica Rabbit's seen it all. <laughs> It's a wow. it's a niche joke, but it was perfect for Hank. This is this is a great yeah. This is an amazing question, and the fact that it came with an illustration is really quite remarkable. Hank, yes. Do lizards like music, or do we I not know? I have no know? idea. I have oh, no okay. idea. I, 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 we I weren't able so to do any research on this because they're like <laughs> in a scientific way, and it turns out oh. that you have absolutely no scientific answer. I have a scientific answer, John, and that scientific answer is we don't know many things about our universe, especially the living things in it. And the only way that we find those things out is people notice stuff and then they test Mm. it. 
So, Lamp, you need to to do some science, like to to try and remove your bias from the situation. Maybe yeah. blindfold yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, have someone lead you to a lizard. Um, mm-hmm. Do do this in all kinds of different ways. Do a recording of your singing and mm. have it happen without you. Um, have someone who's a better singer and a worse singer than you sing different songs, etc. You need to figure out like if there is a repeatable effect here. Also, you could try it on different green and old populations. Go try and find some other ones. You could reach out to some anologists, which is the actual name for people who study anoles, and be like, "Hey, uh, I've noticed this. Can can you uh, uh, I, uh, j- just for funsies?" What would you suggest I do uh, to to learn more about them, etc.? I love. There that. are also lots of other species of anoles that you could try this on. They're just not in Florida. I love the idea of Lamp devoting themselves to trying to understand this phenomenon, and mm-hmm. it eventually ends with the global human realization that the little green lizards in Orlando have been making music all this time, just at a mm. frequency we can't hear. Yeah. All right, this next question comes from Sage, who writes, Dear John and Hank, recently I had a concussion and I've been re-listening to the whole podcast. Sorry that we're not better, Sage. I feel bad. I can't remember which episode it was because I'm concussed, but at some point you discussed how the human body is basically just a big tube circulating the digestive tract. Oh, that was in yeah, all the episodes, That's, that's many of them. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're just tubes that have flesh and limbs. Anyway, this got me thinking, is the stomach acid inside of our bodies or is it outside of our bodies because it's inside the tube my brain hurts so my advice won't be very sage it's a pretty good pun given the situation sage hank of course the concept of inside and outside of the body is a linguistic construct not a real thing but i think stomach acid is outside of the body i mean so in the same way that you sweat onto the outside of your body you excrete stomach acid onto the outside of your body. If if we're going through the Dear Hank and John definition of outside, which means that everything right. from the mouth to the anus is just a tube of outside that runs through the inside, which yep. I don't see. I don't, don't see, see where else you it. draw the line. Don't see an know? argument against it. Exactly. So you're basically sweating out acid. And, and right. actually what that leads me to realize, which I've never thought about before, is that there's no reason that you couldn't excrete acid from any other part of your body. Mm. There's That's a biological like a, reason. Like if it's possible in one in one group of cells, it's possible anywhere else. Sounds like a terrible superpower. <laughs> <laughs> What's your superpower? Yeah. Oh, I can the, I can melt my own skin. It's kind of a bummer acid, actually. The acid sweat or? Yeah. <laughs> it's not great to be a acid sweat or. The giant cloud or a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do a lot of good for the world, but I do like him. He's a, yeah, he's a guy. main responsibility in life is to never sweat. <laughs> yeah, yes, the giant cloud or just keeps him cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he also has to keep him like relaxed too. He can't get nervous. Yeah. Yeah, it's typical sidekick stuff where the sidekick contributes absolutely nothing except yeah, for mostly, a new problem yeah. for the superhero exactly. to solve. That's right. <laughs> oh, God, it is hard being the superhero with a younger brother sidekick, but I do manage. Um, <laughs> I the, do suddenly have a lot of problems to solve. I'll, we'll say that. 
I think the other nice thing about thinking about the inside of the tube being the outside of the body is that then I don't actually eat food so much as I have food run through me and 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 I have my body kind of take what it needs and the yeah. rest of it actually never enters me. It only enters the tube, which That's, is not yes. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that does make a lot of sense, that there's never, like, poop in your body. Not unless you have a level one emergency. Yeah, agreed. Hooray! This next one comes from Alyssa, who asks Dear Hank and John, when bats poop while hanging upside down, does the poop hit them in, like, the face first or mm, something? Great. Uh, a group of question. 30-year-olds are wondering this uh, while also discussing the best Tupperware on a Saturday night. But we need to know. Bat Poop and Pyrex, Alyssa. First of all, Alyssa, can you email us and let me know what the best Tupperware is? Because the, I'm not satisfied. I'm oh, satisfied God. with the Pyrex I have, but the lids last a maximum of a year. And then I yeah. got to buy a bunch of new lids? Yeah. Or I don't, and they're just like cracked and yeah. letting air in, which is not yeah. what they're supposed to do. Why can't a Pyrex thing have a, a lid that lasts more than a year? It's it's Pyrex. The, the glass it will last forever. That's all. Hey. Alyssa, let me know what you think. John, tell me about bat poop. Well, I don't know anything about bat poop. Tell me about Tupperware then, John. The mo- I don't know. So, so I don't know the answer to this question, but the moment it was asked, I was uh-huh. like, I know that bats poop while they're asleep. Yeah. Or at least while they're hanging upside down, because I've seen a lot of bat poop and then like mm. looked up and seen a bat. Yeah. yeah. I know that's more of a correlation than a causation thing, but it's a See, strong correlation. Strong correlation. And it never occurred to me if the mm-hmm. head is below the butt, the poop yeah. must hit the head. Yeah. Um, do you know what bat poop looks like? You've I do. It. I've What's seen a it a gajillion times. What's a look? Why have you seen so much bat poop? Well, Hank, I, I own a lot of 145-year-old structures. Oh, right. You have yeah. that, those, like, barn. I have, a, I, have an un, I have an uncommon number of 145-year-old structures <laughs> compared <laughs> to most people. <laughs> Tell me about bat poop, John. It's a uh, little and it's hard. And, yeah, and there's a lot of little hard pooplets. Yeah, I so they, the they poop like <laughs> they poop out little rice grain pooplets. I would say, for the record, they're big rice pooplets. They're not okay, little, so. but but they're they're <laughs> little than, compared yeah. to human pooplets for sure. Yeah, so I, the bats, uh, bat poop is hard and dry, and it, if it does hit them on the way down, it doesn't do them any damage. Now, this would be a problem with pee, but they uh, pee while they're flying, which is, I don't know if they like do it right as they're leaving or mm. if they do it like whenever. But I, my, yeah. my guess would be like you've been holding it all night. The moment you're like not upside down anymore, like worried about peeing on your own face, you just right. pee on the way right. out of your cave. Yeah. Or it could be that like as you get older, you do have to pee while you're sleeping so you just kind of like get up, fly around for a minute to pee and then lie back down. <laughs> yeah. You know, has anybody ever done research on whether other animals have this? Like as they get older, they have to pee in the night more or is that a human thing? At any rate, 
we're going to learn at the end of the podcast that people do research on things that you would not ever imagine that people do research on. The poop question is answered. Bats yeah. do poop on their own faces. It's just not a problem. The Tupperware question is not answered, Alyssa. I want you to let us know what conclusion you came to. Having said it's not a problem, and I don't want to overanalyze this, I am now imagining <laughs> myself as a bat. <laughs> and I think that it would be a problem. Um, well, here's what, it, it here's how I'm imagining a problem. It. it wouldn't be a problem for me on the scale of, of peeing, <laughs> obviously, because I understand yeah. they're very hard. They're very it's small. Not, it's not sticking it would, in, into the anything. It would, it would still be a problem to have like over the course problem? of my of my sleep period a certain number of poop pellets from my own body roll past my own face. You know, and I don't know if they actually hit. I just like I don't know if you're a bat biologist. I don't think that the people have uh, paid much attention to this. Now, are you but imagining that I'm they a, like shoot out their poops like like red green into the no. Nintendo what that I'm, they like fire them? <laughs> What I'm imagining yeah. is the worst case scenario where the poop comes out and on the way it hits several times and then like the last hit is straight on the nose, you know? And I, I think mean, aren't aren't there I, aren't their heads kind of the smallest parts of their body? So actually true. I think it would like roll across their stomachs or their wings and then not hit their heads. I think for it to I hit their heads. You. But I'm imagining it, the I'm imagining the worst case scenario because I want to okay. make the case that it's not that bad. Because I think it is. I think the worst case scenario would be, Hank, if I told you like, hey, so you're going to have a nice, long, happy life. The only mm -hmm. thing is that you're going to sleep upside down and all night long, you're going to poop on your own face. But don't worry, don't worry, it's it's really hard and it won't stick. I think you'd be like, I don't love it. Yeah. I accept well, first it, of all, I'll, I'll make two cases. It. First, you're going to agree with one and not the other. The first is that in this situation, I'm a bat and bats are different. And if if it's not a, 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 a harm to them, like it's not going to impede their reproductive success, there's not like they will learn to not mind it because it won't like just like we learn to not mind all kinds of things that might objection uh, objectively be a little bit gross. Second, you'll disagree with this one. If you took some of those bat poops and threw them at me and hit me in the head, I would be like, ah, John, I would not be that upset. That's, I mean, that, that is. Like at me even, as a human. I, I can't even respond to it. I'm not even, I can't even indulge that. That is, that is such a fringe opinion. You know, that's like, that's like if you said JFK Jr. is alive and well, that, that's, that's how fringe your take just now was no. I don't mind getting pelted in the face like with it. bat poop is a fringe opinion, Hank. That is a that is a hard like that's one of those opinions. Like if I'm at a cocktail party, Hank, and somebody tells me they don't mind being pelted in the face by bat pooplets, <laughs> well, there's a pretty good chance. There's a pretty good chance the next thing they're going to say to me is something along the lines of, and as you know, Hillary Clinton is a reptilian. Well, look, oh my I'm, God. Not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to volunteer that. I'm just saying like it, like I wouldn't be, the way, you said well, the way you said well made me think that you were going to say, well, <laughs> there's a lot we don't know about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I, 
I really did. I thought you were going to be like, I don't know. I've never personally tugged on her face. I don't know if a lizard would appear. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, all of that reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by Hank's Fringe Opinions. Hank's Fringe Opinions. He genuinely thinks that a lot of you out there are going to hear the sentence, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being pelted in the face by bat pooplets and just be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a good take. This podcast is also brought to you by the bat pooplets themselves. <laughs> Larger than a grain of rice, but not like by a lot. And dry. And yeah. don't worry. Yeah. And of course, today's podcast is brought to you by the bats that poop out the bat pooplets that Hank Green doesn't mind getting pelted in the face with. <laughs> the bats that poop out the bat pooplets <laughs> that Hank Green doesn't mind getting pelted in the face with. <laughs> uh, they transcend all of this. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're above it, literally and figuratively. This podcast is brought to you by me covered in bat. <laughs> head to toe, swimming in it like I'm Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I got a vault full of it. I love it. I'm in love with bat pooplets. That's what I said. Oh, they call him the Guano King of Montana. <laughs> Bring your bat poop to me. I will turn it to gold. <laughs> Hank doesn't want to sell it. Oh, no. He doesn't want to sell that guano. It provides value it. to me. He's got these. Yeah. He does stuff with it. You don't need to know about what. No, we have we have snowball fights. Oh, jeez. Oh, Godspeed. Oh, God bless you. We also have a Project for Awesome message from Brandon and the Good Newspaper Crew. We want to say thank you to Hank John and all of Nerdfighteria. In a world of cynicism, we're incredibly inspired by this community maintaining a meaningful sense of radical hopefulness while also acknowledging the heartbreak, pain, and injustice of the world. People who are able to do both are the people best equipped to make a positive difference. Grateful to be in this community. So thank you, Brandon and the whole Good Newspaper Crew. That's lovely to hear, especially uh, after an extended conversation on the topic of bat pooplets. <laughs> this episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house. And Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is, but then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different. 
and more spreadable. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. John, this this next question is very important to me. Yeah. From Jupiter, who asks, Dear Hank and John, how do LaCroix's get their flavor? The only ingredient that isn't water is, quote, naturally essenced. Yeah. And I'm confused. It's not even grammatically correct for it to be a verb there. What's yeah. happening? Help Jupiter. Jupiter, this is, I'm literally drinking LaCroix right now, and I'd never noticed this before. And I was like, this can't be true. That doesn't sound legal to me. But it says, only carbonated water, comma, naturally essenced Mm -hmm. that how do they get away with that well that's not an ingredient it's a verb yeah it's it's a thing that happened well here is a an actual newspaper story on the topic for years lacroix lovers have been faced with a mystery what are natural essences well i'd I'd, a new class action lawsuit filed against the brand's parent company wow claims that wow. LaCroix's all-natural claims are false and that the natural oh. ingredients are actually synthetic. In fact, as the filing states, testing reveals that LaCroix contains a number of artificial ingredients to which natural beverages responded in a statement that it categorically denies all allegations and says all essences contained in LaCroix are certified by our suppliers to be 100% natural. Now, what is an essence? It's a clear, concentrated natural chemical. Okay. What does that mean? Nobody really knows. <laughs> yeah, you can you can get a lot of chemicals. It's a big nature. It's a, it's a big nature. It's got a lot of chemicals in it. Uh, well, if it's yeah. clear, I guess that's all. That's the only thing you need somehow for some reason. That it seems well, like a so, dubious so here's like a here's quality to me. And anything can be clear if there's uh, a small enough amount of it. But so go on. Here's the process. Essence is created, this is from a Business Insider story, by heating items such as fruit and vegetable skins and rinds and remnants at high temperatures, which produces Uh vapors. And then those vapors are condensed and Mm -hmm. sold by the barrel, and they are inserted into LaCroix. So it's basically vaporized lime rinds. And that's it. I still, regardless of what's happening, I still... Take 
Hank has offense. a grammatical concern. If it said natural essences, yeah. I'd be like, uh na- yeah. like, but you've naturally essenced the water? Yes. Is that is that the is that that's no. No, 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 no. Because you made that up. That's not a thing that existed before a LaCroix can. So nobody knows what that means. Right. You well, I don't think they want to say, like, this contains tangerine rinds and other leftovers that we've vaporized. Natural, it's natural flavorings is what every other thing says. Mm. I really am excited about this class action lawsuit. It sounds like it's going to be a barrel, a barrel of naturally essenced laughs. <laughs> All right, Hank, we have another question from Matt, and I really want to answer this one because I just went to the Champagne region of France. Wow. And so I feel like I'm a newly minted expert in Champagne in the way you only can after three hours of education. Dear John and Hank, <laughs> if Miller High Life is the Champagne of beers, mm. what is the beer of champagnes, Matt? I had I had, a, I, I had what might be a beer of champagnes recently. Uh, you're yeah. going to know more than me. But it was just a, it was a Bellini in a bottle. So a Bellini is champagne and like fruit juice and fruit puree. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's very good. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, That felt like a, uh, the the lower rung champagne experience. It was like whatever was in there was not the highest quality champagne because it mostly tasted like peaches. Well, it probably wasn't champagne at all because it probably is not sparkling wine from the Champagne region of France. Uh But but I think that we can all agree that Mm -hmm. when we talk about champagne, what we mean is sparkling wine. And when we talk about the beer of champagnes, what we mean is Andre. Andre (laughs) is this amazing brand of sparkling wine that takes everything that is great about wine-like pr- grocery store products like uh, Strawberry Hill from Boone's Farm mm-hmm. and makes makes them sparkle. It is not good, but <laughs> it is available. I mean, you can buy it almost anywhere. Mm. It's easier and and so and so I think that is the beer of champagnes, but then there is a great sparkling wine that I love that costs ten dollars called Fresh and A. Fresh and A. Yeah. It, it's spelled like F-R-E-I-X-E-N-E-T. Okay. You drank it at my wedding. And I believe you. It's great. It's great. Tell you Just what, this Andre that. is this Andre is inexpensive. Oh yeah, it's like four bucks. You know what we ate what we ate in college all the time? What did you eat in college all the time? Uh, we drank Prosecco. That, yeah. Prosecco, that is, a... Prosecco is a huge range of wine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> God bless him. I thought, just, I thought that was like another just, brand. Yeah. No, just seal them up. Just, you know, <laughs> put them in a trophy case, cover them in bubble wrap, make sure that the gods protect him forever. <laughs> Um, we, re- we liked it a lot. It's very tasty. This barefoot yeah, bubbly great. is two dollars I mean, and forty nine cents. There's good proseccos and there's bad proseccos. It's like saying like I love uh, soda, right? And Which not I do. Down to Diet Dr Pepper. Yeah, uh, th- there's there's a pr- bottle of of barefoot bubbly here, extra dry California champagne, American sparkling wine, for two dollars and forty nine cents. Oh yeah, which that's seems like shipping, less though. than the bottle would cost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, wine can be very inexpensive, but it it can also be not very good. 
I like inexpensive wines and I don't want to learn enough about wine that I only love expensive wines. That's one of my big okay. goals in life. We got to stop hey. talking about wine, but I do want to tell you the top review on the Barefoot Bubbly uh, page here. It's Please a four-star four review. It says, as expected. <laughs> I love you. Which is so much very, of what we much. want out of life, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, like, like, if I, I could give one review to every McDonald's hamburger I've uh-huh. ever had, it would be as expected. Which is a, an achievement. Yeah, for sure. It what is an, not easy achievement. to deliver the product as expected over and over and over again. Yeah. Dang. All right, Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I want to let you know about a couple things. First off, Mark wrote us to say, Dear John and Hank, I come to you today not with a question, but instead with a fun fact. During a recent episode, you discussed the idea of how Superman should be a cloud instead of an attractive man since he's an alien and whatnot. To my knowledge, there is no cloud Superman, but there is a sentient solar system Superman called Superstar who patrols the Milky Way galaxy. He is mentioned in a single issue of a comic from Mark. And then he includes this mention, and that is really extraordinary. I love the idea of a sentient star system patrolling yeah. the Milky Way galaxy. Magnificent. I, also, I love the idea that... Too bad with that, 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 that it like it. Ba- Barely... like it's That's like the most important scientific discovery of all time. And it's like two frames of one comic. And then they're like, moving on. <laughs> But we've got Earth problems. Uh, the other like thing, four super, like like eight supermen in this picture. Why are there so many supermen? I don't know. Couple couple other things I want to bring your attention to. First okay. off, fifty thousand different speech therapists and linguists wrote in to let us know that there is a letter that means the th sound. Yes. One was Anne who writes, I'm sure I'm one of the speech language pathologists who wrote to tell you this, but there are letters for the TH sound. In fact, there are different letters for when it is voiced differently, which mm. I thought was wonderful. So it turns out that the name Nathan, if written in the right alphabet, is a palindrome. Palindrome. Massive relief to Nathans everywhere. Finally, Sarah wrote in to say that she is a PhD student studying psychology and philosophy. And some of her research is about how hmm. pot lids become symbols. <laughs> oh, like like this was a thing that happened or in the past? Or pot lids are symbols and when pot lids are symbols. Sarah writes, Whoa. the answer in my analysis is no, pot lids are not symbols if, say, John were to use his pot lids once as symbols. But if John mm-hmm. and Sarah and Alice and Henry all started using some particular pot lids as symbols and collectively agreed that they are usually used for symbols, then the I pot see. lids are symbols because, because collective recognition of a whole community can change something's purpose and thereby change what it even is is wow it's beautiful so much fascinating so, research happening hank so this isn't this isn't like about whether or not potlids became symbols historically but about how we come to define things as the things that they are when yeah. they transition from being one thing to another thing yes mm. wow so potlids can be used as symbols but potlids can only become symbols if over time we collectively declare them 
to be primarily symbols. The Dear Inga John inbox is one of the best places in the universe. It really is. I mean, it is an endless fount of fascinating information, almost none of which we share with the public. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're not very good at our jobs. But we do share news from AFC Wimbledon. Now, Hank, I don't know if you heard this um, in the news, but the Queen of England Mm -hmm. died. Yes. And... This led to the postponement of AFC Wimbledon's game versus Leighton Orient. Probably a blessing for AFC Wimbledon as we've been losing game after game after game and an extra day of rest and preparation probably ain't going to hurt us none. But Mm. that's the update from AFC Wimbledon. All the football was canceled and among the football was AFC Wimbledon's game versus Leighton Orient. You know, I kind of felt like, and don't take this the wrong way, going down a league would mean that you would be like one of the best teams in the league. I also kind of thought that, yes. I think a lot of Wimbledon fans kind of thought that. But instead, we are enjoying weeks off. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'd like to see you uh, win some more games. Uh, You and I are on the same page. What's the news from Mars? Well, uh, on board the Perseverance rover is a lunchbox-sized device. It's called the Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment, uh, better known as MOXIE. And researchers have been testing out MOXIE's ability to produce oxygen by trying out seven experimental runs by the end of 2021 under different weather conditions and different times of day to see whether they are able to make oxygen. The device works by just taking air from Mars, running it through a filter to clear out contaminants, And then Moxie pressurizes the air and heats it up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to break the CO2 in the air down into oxygen ions and carbon dioxide. Uh, Then that separates the oxygen ions out to combine them into O2. And then it measures the quantity and purity of that product before it then just releases it back into the atmosphere because they don't need it for anything. And they found that Moxie was able to make around six grams of oxygen per hour, which is about the same as a small tree can do on Earth. And that is great for the future of Mars missions to uh, for, for people, because it will help astronauts breathe stuff uh, and help missions. Wait, how many grams of oxygen per hour do I need? Oh, well, a lot more than six. I, I thought I, so. Yeah. It feels it feels like that, right? Like, I don't actually know how much <laughs> six grams of oxygen is, but I feel like I need more than that. It seems low. Yeah. Let me let me see. I don't actually know. 8.4 kilograms per day per human, according to NASA. Okay. So six grams per hour, not enough. But uh, you can make a bigger moxie than the one that we put on the back of the Curios or Perseverance rover. Okay. So I'm and just going to tell you, I need the bigger moxie. And secondly, I'm not sure, and I know that we've been here before, but this planet doesn't seem great for us. Look, it's not about it. We definitely don't put it in your head that we go to Mars for a better life. <laughs> That's not right. We're not making we're not yes. doing Earth two here. We're we not do not go to Mars for a better up. life. We this go to not Mars a Earth yeah. to understand it, it. That is the th- critical thing. It's not a backup Earth. We yeah. are going to Mars to understand the universe and our place in it better. There yeah. is no backup Earth. No. And 
to the extent that people talk about backup Earths, I think they're talking on the scale of tens of thousands of years, which right. I'm not comfortable talking on. Yeah. But interestingly, Moxie isn't just so that we'll have stuff to breathe. It will also potentially be part of how we fuel the missions that return the astronauts to Earth so we don't have to bring all of the oxidizer uh, with mm. us because that stuff's very heavy. Mm, that's kind of cool. So you need that. You need. You don't want to bring yeah. all the oxygen with you. If you can make it on Mars, you got to make it on Mars, which it looks like we can definitely do. Look at us. So I guess the concept then is that in 2024, we're going to send a lot of moxies to Mars in an unmanned mission. And then in yep. 2026, those humans are going to follow up that those moxies. It's all right around the corner, Hank. It's all about to happen or That's not. Right. Or, or not. <laughs> or maybe some gr- grand revolution in physics will just let us teleport straight there. Oh, I do love a grand revolution in physics. It doesn't really happen for for clarity <laughs> we've had like one i think you mean it hasn't happened yet there it is there it is well hank thank Dumb. you for potting with me thanks yeah. for overcoming the discomfort of shingles to make the pod and i hope you feel better soon thank you john it helps to have something to do uh this podcast is edited by joseph tunamedish it's produced by rosiana hals rojas our communications coordinator is brooke shotwell our editorial assistant is Debuki Trogravardi. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.